Hey everyone, it's Adam, and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Hey guys, I want to welcome everyone here to Embrace. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here. We are so grateful that you have come. By the way, is it hot in here right now? Is anyone else a little warm? Folks, here we go. Go Bengals. I've been a diehard fan since I was three years old. And needless to say, uh, the Weber household was a little excited yesterday. I'm not sure which pitcher I'm 10 years old or not. I'm acting like a 10-year-old on the one on the left. But just a fun, fun day to celebrate. It's been 31 years. I tried to act like I've been here before when I was posting last night, but I'm like, Actually, I've never been here before, and so I'm going to post like a crazy person. But again, we're excited that you're here. Last week, we started up a brand new series called I'm Not Okay. I'm Not Okay. You see, so often when you and I are asked how we're doing, oftentimes we'll respond with some version of I'm great. Life is good. Things are awesome. It's never been better, which a lot of the times is a complete lie, right? Like, like literally, I mean, for some of us, our house can be on fire and it can be burning to the ground down behind us. And yet we'll still say that life has never been better. I mean, when it comes to our true feelings and how we're really doing, so often we hide them, we cover them, we put a filter on them, we, we tuck in our shirt, we put on a happy face, we post the perfect picture of our family on Instagram, and specifically when it comes to the church, of all places when it comes to the church, more often than not, we feel like we need to have it all together, we feel like we need to be perfect but the truth is we're not, and no one else is. Instead, so often, you and I, we are not okay. Last week after the service, I had a big guy, a dad in our church come up to me, and these are his words, not mine. He came up and he just said, Adam, thank you for getting rid of the BS. Thank you for not sugarcoating things. Thanks for talking about actual life. And I said back, that's my greatest hope for this series and also for us as a church. I always hope to only get to the depths of people's pain and struggle too much in life is surface and fake. I wanna get honest. And so last week we talked about the fact that it's okay to not be okay, but Jesus doesn't want us to stay here. He doesn't want us to stay here. And so last week we encouraged everyone to fill out these cards and just simply say, I'm not okay, I'm blank. And then we encouraged everyone to take these cards at all campuses and network churches and bring them forward and drop them in a basket as a way of acknowledging them to God, as a way of bringing those things to him, asking that God would move in our lives. And I, I just want to read just a handful of the cards that came in. These, these, are, these are heavy. One person said, I'm not okay. I'm terrified of the future. I'm not okay. I'm drowning. I'm not okay, I'm having an affair. We got several of those. I'm not okay, I'm jealous of other people's money, houses, and stability. How honest is that? I'm not okay, I'm dying inside. I'm suicidal and depressed. 
I'm not okay, I'm heartbroken. I'm not okay, I'm drinking too much. We had so many around addiction. I'm not okay, I'm a gossiper. I'm not okay, I'm two-faced. One person wrote down and said, I'm not okay, I'm Braxton. Braxton, I think you didn't understand the instructions altogether. (laughs) Well, another person said, I'm not okay, I'm a mess. I'm not okay, I'm obsessed with financial success and status. I'm not okay, I'm overweight. I'm not okay, I'm scared for my son. I'm not okay, I'm broken from a divorce. And lastly, I'm not okay, I'm upset with my mom. Heavy stuff, right? So we got hundreds and hundreds of responses. And for the rest of our series, each week, we're gonna try and tackle the main things that all of you wrote down. Like as I began to go through the different responses from all of us, there were some very clear feelings and themes that kept coming up over and over and over and over again. The main things, I'm not okay, I'm anxious. So many of us wrote down some version of this. Also, I'm not okay, I'm lonely. This is the one that blew me away. I couldn't believe how many of us are feeling lonely right now. Another one of the main ones that came in, I'm not okay, I'm grieving. Grieving the loss of a loved one. Grieving the loss of a dream. Which brings us to today's focus, what we're gonna talk about. I'm not okay, I'm angry. So many of us wrote down some version of this. I'm not okay, I'm angry. Literally, this stack right here is from all of us who wrote down some version of, I'm not okay, I'm angry. It's us. And since we're, 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 we just said that we're not going to sugarcoat things, I'll go first. I'm not okay, I'm angry is actually what I wrote down. More specifically, I wrote down, I'm not okay, I'm easily angered. To share candidly, right now, I'm in one of the greatest seasons of my life. I feel guilty for saying this. This past year was truly the best year for for, for me. I, I look at my life and I can't believe I have the life that I do. I wake up in the morning and all I feel is grateful. I can't believe I have the family that I have. I'm I'm grateful that my folks and my in-laws are all alive. I'm grateful for my home, my my Cincinnati Bengals, my job. I love my job, the church, that God is moving in awesome ways. Life is so, so good right now. But over the last few years, and really never before that, over the last three years, though, out of nowhere, I get easily angered. Not at others, typically only when I'm by myself. At the smallest things, I'll snap and I'll get angry. And just to be honest, I hate that it's there. I don't like it. I I, I just, I grieve that I do. Once again, I'm I'm not okay, I'm angry. I'm not sure this is going to shock any of us, but people are a lot angrier today than they were five years ago or even three years ago, Right? Like five, five minutes on Facebook will even make a pastor want to body slam someone, or so I've heard. <laughs> but truthfully, though, study after study after study is showing that people are angrier than any other time in our lifetime. In a recent study done by Gallup, it showed that the world was a sadder, 
angrier, more worried, and more stressed out place than it has been in the last 15 years. And folks, not just because of COVID. This study actually shows that over the last decade, things have been going downward, not in the right direction. So it's even before that. There's this headline on Washington Post I saw the other day I thought was, was powerful. Americans are living in a big anger incubator. The opening line of this article just said, Americans are angry. I thought it could just end right there. I mean, from politics, the next news story, social media, the racial divide, stimulus checks, should we keep sending them? What are your thoughts on Afghanistan? Should we have pulled out or not? Sexuality, your viewpoints on the vaccine, the CDC, and COVID. I mean, you talk about any of these things for roughly five seconds with any group of people, and people will absolutely lose their minds. We are angry. We're angry. And then there's our actual lives. We haven't even gotten to our actual lives. This week, I did a quick search on small things that make people irrationally angry. And I had to laugh reading through these things. I hope I don't trigger any of your anger as I go through them. What makes people irrationally angry? Hitting back-to-back red lights while driving. Can I get an amen in the house of God? (laughs) What makes people irrationally angry? When Siri can't understand what you're saying. I hate Siri, by the way. What makes people irrationally angry? People who chew their food loudly. Oh my gosh. What makes people irrationally angry? Someone shushing you. Shh. Does that drive anybody insane? When you pour a bowl of cereal only to find out there's no milk, away from me, Satan, right? (laughs) When someone tells you to calm down and you're completely fine, nothing will get me more peeved than that. Lastly, the person who parks their shopping cart in the middle of the aisle. Is anyone getting angry right now? But truthfully though, all joking aside, what makes a person angry? There's all the hard crap in life. Being betrayed, screwed over by a close friend. Complete strangers treating each other like garbage. Being deeply hurt by the one person who's supposed to love you the most. What makes a person angry? Being walked on. Cancer makes a person angry. Loss, pain, bills to pay, hurt, stress, frustration, heartache. Maybe it's one big thing that you went through, or maybe for you it was death by a thousand paper cuts. Either way, we are angry at others, angry at a situation, angry at the world. Some of us are angry at God. We are angry. And so a lot of us are angry, and that's not an assumption. Again, that's what we said. That's what we wrote. But we typically deal with our anger in two completely different ways, and both ways are not helpful. When we get angry, what do we do? We do two completely different things. We either let it burn others, or we let it burn us. How do we deal with our anger? Again, we usually choose one of these two ways. Both are not helpful or healthy. We let it burn others or we let it burn us. First off, we let it burn others. Ever done that before? You let your anger out for a moment and you ruined a relationship over it? You said something that you couldn't take back? Or you take out your anger on people who have done nothing wrong? 
Or you go on social media and you post things that you would never say in person. Or the people that you love the most get the worst of you. And so you find yourself yelling at your kids, yelling at your spouse, yelling at your parents. Like this anger is burning inside your bones and because of that, the smallest things you'll, you'll snap. You're, you're quick to criticize, belittle, and get snarky. And some of you, when you get angry, you go crazy. And it's scary, possibly even abusive. Again, we let it burn others or we let it burn us. This is the person that just holds it all in. They just shove it down instead of dealing with the frustration, instead of addressing the pain, they bottle it all up and things are fine. Life is good. But this fire inside them that is fueled with bitterness and annoyance and hurt and pain, it just burns and burns and burns and burns. And often this person who buries their anger doesn't even know that they're angry. They don't even know it. And yet slowly the gentleness and the kindness and the love and the peace, it just begins to leak out of their lives and they have so little of it. And out of nowhere, they become bitter and jaded thinking things that they've never thought before. Or this is the person who curses someone out in their car when they're all by themselves, just wishing they could say this to that person, wishing they could shove whatever it is into this person's face. Again, so often with anger, we either let it burn others or we let it burn us and neither are helpful. So what do we do? What do we do? If I'm not okay, I'm angry. What, what, what steps can I take? And folks, I'm needing to hear this as much as anybody. And so instead of listening to, to me, let's turn to Jesus. And one of Jesus' most famous messages, we mentioned it last week, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this. Jesus says, a good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are never picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say, it flows from what is in your heart. Jesus is saying you'll know a tree by its fruit. You'll know what's inside of someone. You'll know what's inside of you by the things you say and do. Again, what you say, it flows from your heart. And Jesus is trying to point to the fact that what's inside you matters. What's inside you matters. He's trying to get to, it's so important to process the things, the feelings, everything that is underneath your actions and your words. It's so important to address the things that are inside of here. And so today, if you're, you're not okay, you're angry, a good first place to start, Jesus would say to ask the question, what's under your anger? What's a good first step? What's under your anger? Jesus is like, okay, so you're angry. That's the fruit, but it comes from your heart. What's under 
what's under your anger because it flows from something deeper. It flows from in here. What's under all of it? Kind of funny, last, this last Sunday after church, my, my, my daughter, Grayson, I call her baby, came home with me. It was just the two of us. We got in the car. <laughs> as soon as she got in the car, the first thing she said was, mom was angry this morning and, and she swore on the way to church. <laughs> I look over and she is smiling ear to ear. And I was like, let's pray right now that mom would come to know Jesus, okay? Because she needs the Lord. <laughs> Uh, when I got home, the very first thing I did was I told her, and Beck said back, what, she told you? It was actually God who told me, but let's not keep record. I'm just kidding. But what I wanted to ask my wife was so, hey, hey, Beck, my wife, hey, hey, Beck, what's under your anger? By the way, my wife always loves when I bring a message home and I try to preach it to her, just an audience of one, said no one ever. <laughs> I wanted to ask what's under your anger. I was worried she was going to respond by saying, you know what? My husband is. My husband was. So I decided to leave that alone. I'm a smart man. But seriously, though, if we're struggling with anger, it is so important to ask, what's under your anger? Earlier this week, I was, I was talking with one of the most amazing, wise people I know. She's a longtime counselor and therapist named Mary. And if you know Mary, you know how fantastic she is. But Mary said to me, Anger is a secondary response. And she said, there's always, always, she said it twice, there's always, always something underneath our anger. You see, anger is one of the easiest emotions to default to. Why? You don't need to think. There's no thinking involved with anger. It's, it's so easy. You can just let yourself erupt. I mean, you can just explode. No thinking required. But underneath this anger, Underneath it, there can be so many different feelings and emotions that the anger is actually coming from. Feelings like fear, anxiety, guilt, shame, embarrassment, unforgiveness, betrayal, jealousy, sadness, hurt, and worry. That's what's actually underneath the anger. I, I said it earlier, anger is what I wrote down. And when I asked myself, what's under your anger for me? If I'm being brutally honest, it's feelings of deep hurt and betrayal that I've experienced in the past. And I also get angry at myself whenever I feel like I'm losing control. And so I'll get, I'll get angry, but the actual root, the actual problem, it's this, it's this bitterness and it's these feelings of losing control. That's me. What about you? What's under your anger? Seriously, just think about the last time that you got angry. Maybe it was this morning. Maybe it was last week. Think, just think about the last time that you got angry. And then just ask yourself the question, what? What was under my anger? Seriously, why did I get? Why did I get so angry? I just think about how often you and I, we get angry at our kids or our best friend, and what we're actually angry about is something that happened at work. And the anger at work, if you look under that, it comes from feeling stuck in life or maybe stuck at your job. It comes from feeling unseen, or maybe you're worried about losing your job, or for whatever reason at work, you, you feel like you're a failure. You feel unsure of yourself. You're insecure. These feelings right here, these are the things that actually need to be addressed, 
Does that make sense? So often we want to talk about and deal with our, our anger, but what we need to deal with is what's under our anger. And just to say this strongly, this process of figuring out what's underneath your anger, it might be really easy and obvious for some of us. It's like, why, why am I angry? Well, my, my dad, like he left our family when I was a little kid. Like that's, that's probably a source of it. For some of us, it might be really easy. For others of us, it might take years of going to counseling and therapy. I'm not joking to even begin to discover where the true root of anger is coming from. But until we ask this question, we'll never address the actual problem. What's under your anger? All right, so if I'm angry, that's the first step. Well, let's go back and see what God also has to say. If we don't know, many of the Psalms were written by a guy named King David. And David experienced so much hurt and heartache and betrayal. He could have so easily been angry. And yet, in Psalm 4, David says this. David says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain Silent. The next step when it comes to dealing with our anger, we need to know when to back away. We need to know when to back away. Again, David tells us to think about it overnight and remain silent. Basically, when you're angry, back away, take some time to think about it, more direct, shut up, and just close your mouth. I'll say it for us when we're angry. So often that's the opposite of what we do. I mean, we don't think about it overnight, we send the text immediately. We don't hold back our words. We tell the other person exactly how we feel. And we don't back away from our anger. We passionately sprint towards it. Like we run to it as quickly as we possibly can get to it. Again, know when to back away. Let me bring this up again, folks. So many of you, myself included, we said and we wrote down that we're not okay, we're angry. You said it. We, we said it. Well, if we're truly wanting to change, if we're truly wanting to address our anger, we need to know when to back. Wait. We need to know when to back away. Some examples. Did someone post something that made you angry on Facebook? It's okay to feel those things. But turn off your phone Give it to your spouse, back away. Are your kids driving you to the edge of a cliff and you just know that you're about to lose it? Mom and dad, it's okay to feel those feelings. But instead of lashing out, go to your room because you're an adult. Not because you're a kid, but go to your room because you're an adult. Lock the door and for even five or 10 minutes, just breathe. Does the news get you ticked off every time you watch it? Turn off the news. Be ignorant for a week or a month in this area. I'm giving you full permission to be ignorant. There's enough issues in your own family, in your lives already. Turn off the news and back away. Can you feel the temperature rising in you in a conversation with your spouse, with a friend, with a coworker, with a sibling that you just never see eye to eye with? Be quiet, don't speak. Tell the other person you need a second. 
Tell the other person, hey, I just need 15 minutes just to, to, to take a walk and, and gather myself. And honestly, if the conversation is unnecessary, stop having the conversation. So many of us, we keep going back to these same things. And it's like, what are we trying to accomplish with this? Instead, all it does is make us more and more divided. Hey, I care about you. I don't want to ruin this friendship. Can we just decide to not talk about this? Know when to back away. Just to share it recently, I started going to see my counselor again. And I mentioned to him that I don't like that I'm easily angered. How's that for not sugarcoating things, by the way? And to be clear, I'm a person who stuffs my anger. I'm a people pleaser, so I don't want anybody to be upset with me. So I'll just stuff it really, really well. And so I'm never angry in front of other people. Even in front of my wife, rarely ever sees it. Instead, typically, it's when I'm all by myself. But last month, I started talking to my counselor about my past hurts with other people. And I just shared with him, whenever I cross paths with a certain person, it just brings up a lot, a lot of hard, hard, hard feelings. It's just like anger takes over me. He just said back, Adam, if at all possible, reduce the frequency Reduce the frequency. Like literally, if, if possible, just try to avoid these situations. If possible, try to avoid even a certain person. It's not always possible, but if it is, Adam, reduce the frequency. And in looking back, what I, what I, what I heard him saying now is know when to back away. Know when to back away. Once again, if I'm not okay, I'm angry. Step one, ask, what's under your anger? Step two, know when to back away. Step three, I want to go back to Jesus and this Sermon on the Mount. One other place in there, Jesus says the following. He says, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Jesus is saying, if you're angry, you need to deal with it. You need to take action. He says, go and be reconciled. If you're not okay, you're angry. Step three, take action against your anger. Take action against your anger. To be clear, not with your anger. Take action against your anger. Jesus is saying, don't let your anger burn others and don't just shove it down and let it burn you. None of that helps. Instead, take action against your anger. Go and be reconciled. Kind of cool when Jesus says this, it more fully translates to say, go and make peace. Now, to be clear, in this moment, Jesus is talking about making peace in our relationships here, but this truly applies to all situations where we find ourselves angry. Take action against your anger. What does that mean, though? Like, how do I take action against my anger? Maybe for you, it's forgiving someone that's wronged you. Jesus tells us to forgive 70 times seven. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things you'll ever do, but take action. 
If you're angry because you're constantly tired, busy, or overwhelmed, maybe, maybe an action for you is making a change to your life or your schedule so that you're not constantly tired, busy, and overwhelmed. Folks, you and I, most of us are adults. We have the ability to make changes. There's actually some things that we do have control of. Take action. Maybe it's going to see a Christian counselor. One of the single greatest decisions in my life. Beck and I were out with another couple on Friday night, and we talked about the fact we only wish that everyone in our families and everyone that we're friends with could, could have and see the power of just going and processing some things. Or if you start asking the question, what's under my anger, like we talked about earlier, and you discover some trauma inside you, some things that happened to you or that you experienced in the past that you've never addressed, take action and address it. If you're angry about a situation, instead of doing a temper tantrum like a, like a five-year-old, maybe instead look for a helpful solution to the problem. Oftentimes, I'll, I'll hear people say that they're struggling with anger, that they're, that they're an angry person, but so often that same person isn't taking any steps to address the actual anger. Where Jesus says, if, if, if you think of it, drop whatever it is. Even if you're on your way to worship, even if you're on your way to, to church, drop whatever it is and take action. Take action against, not with, against your anger. So going back to the heart of this series, it's okay to not be okay, but Jesus doesn't want us to stay here. He doesn't want us to stay here. And so, folks, today, if you find yourself angry for whatever reason, you were hurt, you were jaded, you were walked on, you felt unseen, screwed over, whatever it might be, maybe you don't even know why you're angry. If that's, that's you, know that it's okay to be at this place. Know that Jesus still loves you if you are here. But also know that Jesus doesn't want you to stay here. He wants more for you. He wants you to experience abundant life. He loves us enough, you and I both, to not let us stay in this place. All week long, this stack of cards has been on my desk as I've been working on this message. And, and, and side note, I think that most of us probably could have wrote down the word angry if we were really being honest. This stack of cards has just sat on my desk, literally right beside my, com my computer. And all week long, my prayer and my hope for all of us is that we wouldn't allow our anger to burn others. And also, we wouldn't allow our anger to burn us. But instead, we take steps to addressing it. And all week long, I pictured two different people in my mind. I pictured the 25-year-old who's angry for whatever reasons. It just feels like life's been you dealt you a bad hand. It just feels like you can't make a right decision, every decision, even if you're, you're trying. It just, it just gets shoved in your face. I also pictured the 65-year-old mom or dad who's got grown kids and they just know dad's jaded. Mom's angry. We've never said that because we're scared to say it. We're really close, but we've never just said like you're bitter. 
I love you, dad, but you're bitter. You're angry. Mom, I love you, but you're defensive. And so I've been picturing these two people in my mind. And my hope has just been that we just ask this scary question, what's under our anger? What's fueling it? And then by the power of God inside of us, the power of the Holy Spirit, we would know when to back away. Because we're mature, we, we'd see a situation and it's like, I can't handle that situation. I know where I go when I start talking about X, Y, or Z. Like I just, I have to back away. And then one step further, we take action against our anger. That 25-year-old, that 65-year-old, and all the rest of us, we take action against our, our, our anger. Folks, if there's one thing that our world needs right now, if there's one thing that Facebook needs right now, if there's one thing that our workplace needs right now, if there's one thing that our families need right now, it's for a group of people to take action against their anger. I'm so grateful that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be in this place, but I'm so much more grateful for the fact that Jesus doesn't want us to stay here. He wants more. He wants more for me, and he wants so much more for you. Let's pray. Jesus, we come today to you so grateful that you, you meet us where we are. We don't have to clean ourselves up. We don't have to put on a happy face before we can approach you. Instead, you come to us. And today, God, we just, we just take one step and we just invite you, Jesus, into this specific place of anger, jadedness, bitterness, which for some of us, we haven't let anybody into this place. We've got so many walls, so many defenses, so many things that we are just waiting if someone even gets close to that, just to snap at them. But Jesus, today, we take a step out and we just ask, Jesus, would you just come into this place of anger? Would you enter it? Because I don't want to do it on my own anymore, God. I, want, I need you. Lord, we just ask this question. What's, what's under our anger? Would you, as the great wise counselor, would you help us to understand that? Would you give us your, your Holy Spirit, give us self-control to know when to back away? And then, God, would you just give us courage to take action against our anger? Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at IamEmbrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.